thank you for your steadfastness. Yes. On continuing this Fruit of the Spirit series here with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Your steadfastness. Or your faithfulness. Interesting. Mm. I like the way that mm. you wove in the next fruit that we're going to be speaking about. The cornucopia is set. Yes, because Thanksgiving is coming up and it just tastes good. We sound like we're on the Christian channel right now. <laughs> I guess we kind of are. We are Christians. Oh, we are Christians. Uh, yeah, this is Rochelle and Carter, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast mm. and HopeOnDemand.com is what this kind of lives through. So there's so many resources for you there. We also ask, as, as always, if you want to leave a kind review or share or subscribe, all those things too. Do you remember a while ago, and maybe they still, I mean, VH1 isn't a thing anymore, right? No, I think it's a thing. VH1? Yeah, okay, I think okay. So. so there used to be like, hey, remember the music? Yes. And they did this one with George Michael and you got to have faith, uh -huh. which I'm not necessarily remotely recommending, but people were like, oh, is he a believer? Right. Okay. Why did he write a song about faith? About faith. And of course he, sh he shared, a, this really has nothing to do about faith affiliation or anything like that, but it was so popular. And I think churches would have jumped on that bandwagon and said, maybe we could turn this in to a song for Sunday morning. I'm sure some youth group somewhere was like, oh, yeah. all right, let's switch some of the words. You gotta have, you gotta have faith, faith, yeah. faith, faith. That's right. But you do. You gotta have faith. That's what this, it's believing in Jesus is what, you know, Christianity is. It's not being good enough. Now, let me, let me just kind of backtrack a little bit. Let's not even say believing in Jesus. If you believe in nothing, then I would like to ask, what are you living for? Hmm. I, I think yeah. everybody has to believe to some degree in something. They believe in being good. They believe yeah. in. And my question then would be to to the person who says, "Well, yeah, I believe in being good." You know, well, where's where are you getting the gauge for good? I talked to a friend of mine, and he's not a, a believer in Jesus. And I, you know, I said, "Well, what you know, when you think about life and afterlife and God," and he just kind of replied, "I believe in myself," and oh. I think it's more of like a, uh, you know to try to further, I guess, being good, but more so instead of being moral, more like I'm going to accomplish things okay. type of attitude. Like if I put my mind to it, I can make it happen. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of and that's obviously a nice thing that we, we, you know, you hear even in elementary school, you know, believe in yourself to a degree of don't, don't tell yourself you can't do it. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately like when literally this life will be done and there's going to be nothing left to accomplish. And let's say, okay, you put your mind to something, that means you put your energy, your endorphins into it, then I think God has created us in such a way that, yes, a lot of that is half the battle mm -hmm. in making things happen in life for, for, you know, your vocation, for a relationship, putting a lot of effort into it, you know, absolutely. So I think that's why a lot of people have gone the route of atheism because they're like, but I'm, I'm able to accomplish things because I'm putting my mind towards good thoughts, good things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But here's the difference, uh, mainly being, have you ever failed? And the answer for everyone is absolutely yes. Right. Yep. So then you've got to take yourself out of the equation. You can't believe in yourself anymore if you have failed. All, all of a sudden, you are now no longer your own God because you are fallible. <laughs> and so you are in need of... Uh, uh, your need of um, redemption. And I think that's where Jesus absolutely can come in and say, not only am I going to give you above and beyond you could have ever hoped for, it's past endorphins, baby, but I am going to redeem your circumstances. And I think a lot of folks 
don't believe that that can even be a possibility because mm-hmm. they're they're too far gone or yeah. or maybe you are like Carter's friend and you're thinking well I believe in myself and I would never do what that guy over there did if you've ever watched um there's the show and again not remotely recommending but it's called Breaking Bad and it follows the life of this guy spoiler alert who has lung cancer and he decides he's going to do something for his family to try to make ends meet for them that is completely illegal and so you watch this series, this guy's life, it just starts this downward spiral and you find how capable we all are of sin because the more you start justifying, well, it's okay because, you know, he was on hard times and he's not feeling well and he wants to make sure that his wife and child are provided for. So, I mean, I sort of get it. You start making these little justifications, mm-hmm. suddenly finding yourself down that downward spiral with him. We are all capable of the absolute worst of what has been done on death row. We are all capable. It's kind of funny. You hear uh, the word monster. Yeah. Well, I'm not a monster or that person on death row is a monster. And man, a lot of times you, you, you see that uh, there's either a radical change and some of those guys become believers in Jesus uh, in prison uh, or you, or there's not, but you see kind of how they got there. Yeah. And you're like, man, I've had some of those thoughts. That's what, you know, Jesus talked about. If you have the thought of of lust or murder, you have sinned against your brother. And the thought alone. So maybe you're you're saying, okay, well, I still believe in myself. I've never acted on those thoughts. But again, Jesus's point, if you have thought them. And then what the enemy likes to do is take you to a place where you linger in thought on those things, those evils. And then you start to question, what is this all about? You may even question your marriage. You may question your values. You may question your sexuality. You may question, uh, and that's not a direct hit at anybody, but I'm, I'm saying all of these things that have left you satisfied in the past, you start to bring into question because those are the things that have satisfied you when Jesus says, I am the only thing that can truly bring satisfaction. And so to recognize the sin of myself, that I need to have a belief system, something stronger than myself, my foundation must be in the one who is the rock. So that's the faith. Yes. But today's fruit of the spirit, which is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we've been going through that and you're smack dab and eh, right in the middle, kind of just past the middle of the series. You can catch up on the last three episodes. There's two more to go. And so this is faithfulness. Yeah, but it comes from faith. Okay. So kind of get into what this exactly is. Faithfulness is someone who, if you're faithful, you're reliable. Yeah. Okay. You're dependable. You've heard it said, and I'm sure you've experienced more times than you can count the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced it in my own life. That doesn't mean he doesn't allow hard times to touch your life because when he does allow those moments, there is something good that is going to come out of it. And that may feel harsh in this moment, especially if you're going through a dark time and it's like nothing good can come from this. But God can take what was meant for evil and use it in some way, redirect it for good in your life because he can. He's the only one who can. And he makes all things good for those who love him or are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus. It tells us in Romans 8, 28. And faithful, being dependable, can you count probably on one hand the people in your life right now as you're thinking about them? that you know would be there at 3 a.m. in the morning if you called on him? On one hand? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably around that. Yeah. I mean, some people would say, I remember my husband shocking me, Carter, and maybe you feel this way too. 
he was like, uh, I can count on one hand, my closest friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but you're so friendly. You're so like every, you've got so many friends. He said, there's a difference between having an acquaintance slash friend. Right. As opposed to having somebody who's closer than a brother who would, who's got your back no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is God to the nth degree. If we have that in a human relationship, it's only because we are made in the image of God. And we are reflecting his own projection of what faithfulness looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And being faithful, being dependable, that's what faithfulness is. And I mean, think about all the occasions where faithfulness comes into question. Marital issues, on the job, did that person, were they trusted with the money? They were unfaithful in that set of circumstances. Faithfulness is one of those character traits that is just, I remember when we talked about um, the top three qualities that you look for in a friend and, and you had kind of broached the subject of being trustworthy. I, that's where faithfulness comes in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that that's what faithfulness is. And I know that we all struggle at some point. I, I know that what likes to t- kind of take me out of that faithfulness place with someone or attempts to, uh, the enemy tempts me with my faithfulness. It's because maybe I want to gossip about someone else or maybe my husband did me wrong Mm -hmm. that day maybe it's over Mm. you know he loves to just lie and sneak in there and if you give him a foothold that means if you give him a little inch he's going to take a mile right yeah i we did one thing here at work a few years ago about what do you think the definition of trustworthy is Mm -hmm. and i always thought in my mind it was a moral are you lying type of thing? Mm. Are you an embezzler? Are you a liar? Or can we yeah, trust you with the money? Can we? It was fascinating to see. They had about four different definitions up there. I can't remember for the life of me what the other two were, but it was that kind of direction, lying and that type of thing. Or then you have dependability and punctuality. Sure. Can I trust you? Because this is a work environment. And I, I didn't realize, so about half the room picked that. Huh. And so you start to realize, okay, it's trustworthy is, is different definitions for people. And mm-hmm. when you think, can I, you know, can I trust you? Can I, can I trust you to show up on time? Can I trust you to say that you're going to do what you're going to do? And I think when I, when I hear about faithfulness, I'm looking here, we've mentioned the last couple of weeks about gotquestions.org. And it, it talks about faithfulness is steadfastness, constancy or allegiance. Mm-hmm. And the fact of what I think of, because where we've been in 2020, I've been a little bit apathetic lately. Okay. I feel like in some parts of me, I feel like I would be okay if it was just me, but I can't get, you know, sometimes the people around me, like for example, the friend I mentioned, it's like, okay. told him about God, he's not doing anything. So it starts to make me apathetic. Mm-hmm. And so then I just, I don't not believe in God or anything like that, but I just start to go, you know what? I'm just going to live life then because it's so hard and apathetic and I can't even go see people right now safely. There's all these barriers and you get on a zoom and there's connection issues. Huh? You broke up. Huh? Uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to go home and watch TV. That's yeah. that's sin- like sincerely how I feel right now. And this is a great reminder because the verse that popped into my, it only would have had to been God that race there, the, the verse in the new Testament about finishing the race. Mm-hmm. And sticking through to the end. Yeah. 
because this is one of those times in life that we have an ex- I have an experience before like this, where you think about people that went through World War II or the Great Depression. They were in it for that season and they stuck through with their faith or I'm sure many did. And they went through the other side. And then there's another difficult, there's ups and downs with life. And God is asking us with this faithfulness topic, stick it through to the end. Now, when you hear about the Great Depression, though, what is the common thing that you hear from the news of the day? I I don't know what you mean, because okay. dust bowls and grapes of wrath and getting the California way. And what okay, do you mean? Absolutely. That was kind of in the aftermath of the initial the stock market crash, crash, yeah. everything. When I think about the, the Great Depression, I immediately go to the stock market crash. Now, maybe other people go grapes of wrath first. That's okay. fine. But it's it's people jumping out of windows. That Yeah. In 29, when that did, yes. people literally did. And losing hope because everything that they had uh, what they quote found satisfying and going back to what I said earlier, what they found is satisfying was uh, financial success, stability, um, status, whatever it was. And my, my family saw me in that light and now I can't provide for them. I'm not good to them anymore. So I'm it's over. Um, then there were those faithful people. Isn't it interesting that we don't really hear tremendous headlines from those times about the faithful people. It's more the sensationalized headlines Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the unfortunate circumstances of people committing suicide, you know? And uh, I I feel like right now in 2020, we are experiencing all of these things and the news headlines are doing the same thing. I mean, they're sharing the news, but there are also the faithful. And if we look for the faithful stories. Mm-hmm. It will motivate and encourage. It'll it'll distract us from the apathy that I think a lot of us are feeling. Um, and it helps remind us of the faithfulness of God. And that verse from from Paul is the guy who who penned that verse, you know, I've fought the good fight, I've run the race. You know, I was I was reading about all the things that he experienced in life. This guy just got beat the tar out of him over and over again. Mm-hmm. He even lists it in Second Corinthians. He says, okay, so nobody's been put in prison more than me. Nobody's dealt with pain like I have. Let's, let's be honest here. He said, I've been stoned and left for dead. He was caned, which I, I know you've heard about this in foreign countries. I, I'm assuming it's like a bamboo stick, something hard, hard and yeah. just whipped with this thing. It would be hor- horrifying, bones breaking, kind of horrifying. Mm. Um, and then he was whipped within an inch of his life five times. I think the limit was 39 lashes, and he received 39 lashes five times. What is that, 195? If you get this, I'm, I'm going to do get my calculator. What would you say? 195. Thir- you said 195, and it's 39, 39 times. times five. Right? And you said, what was your answer? 195. You nailed that. <laughs> yeah, I did. You've been working on homework with your boys. Actually, well, and Caleb, I used this as an example in conversation with them last night. We figured it out, if I'm being honest with you, and we figured it out together last oh night. Oh, my gosh. Ah, okay. I was so impressive for that. that. Was, I know, right? Inth moment. <laughs> but no, seriously, 195 lashes. I said, honey, this was not, this is not the cutesy way that sometimes we see things portrayed in pageants and stuff. Not that anybody ever sets out to... to to show somebody being whipped in a cutesy way, but you know what I mean. It's 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 intense. It's horrible. It's horrible. He, um, in fact, when Jesus described the Good Samaritan when he was left on the road for dead and he was beaten to a pulp, the same wording that was used for that kind of beating is the wording that Paul is using in in recognizing his own struggles and physical trials. So he uh, shipwrecked, pr- imprisoned, 
people on his side, people against his side, people want the attempts on his life all the time. And yet he was faithful because he saw that his God was faithful. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Paul recognized the faithfulness of God in the person of Jesus because here's this guy, and we mention it a lot, who memorized all the right things, thought all the right things, did all the right things, thought he was serving God, and God turns the tables on him and says, no, you're actually persecuting me, but does not abandon Paul, does not, gives him a second chance. Mm -hmm. And Paul was given the second chance, recognizes how faithful his God was to him when he could have given him the sack, you know? Yeah. And he just chooses to live out his life in faithfulness and, and being dependable and responsible. And yes, there's an element of trust in there as well. I think they're sisters, whether they're, it's exactly the same. You define faithfulness with like, it's kind of like, again, we go back. All of these are sisters to each other. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They are all in the same family. And you can't really get one without the other. Because if you're not showing patience, you're not showing love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not being faithful, you're not showing love. Um, anyway, so that's that's an incredible account from Scripture about the faithfulness of God. Godquestions.org says it like this. Faithfulness is believing that God is who he says he is. He is and continuing in that belief. Uh, God who's, who, yeah, God who says who he says he is and continuing in that belief despite the difficulties of life. Uh, functionally, that means we trust what God says in the Bible and not necessarily what the world or our own eyes tell us. Yeah. We trust he will work out everything for good. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit, just uh, topical things, and I don't want to get too political here by any means. It's just a, just an observation of uh, people thought, the media thought that this um, uh, presidential race was going to be a runaway. Mm. Uh, just a runaway, and it was a lot closer than anybody. There's so many opportunity uh, 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 instances, whether it's that or whether it's sports. So many times that uh, this team's gonna roll over this team, and it doesn't happen that way. Our eyes tell us one thing, the world tells us one thing, social media tells us one thing, and then a lot of times the opposite will happen. And so often, um, I think we because it's just so constant. The world's telling us this is how to be happy or God's not real, or whatever. Man, there is a fact here that God is real, and regardless of what our own eyes and certainly what the world is feeding us, don't buy into that. And when we say the world, you can also put people who claim to be followers of God yeah. in that in that category. We have to be careful. You know, the Scripture tells us to test everything yeah. and to hold fast the good. So testing... You know, back in the day, if you wanted to see if the money was real, what'd you do? You bid it. Oh yeah, that's right. The the true if it was true silver. If it right? was true, and and so all right, are we testing what other people are saying around us against the word of God? And let's go back to our old buddy Saul, who became Paul. He was literally getting the basis for his destructive mentality against Christians from the law, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the word, from people who observed the law, who taught the law, and then gave their own angle on it. And he was learning from them and gleaning from them. And so it's, it's you can hear from a zillion people about a matter. If we want to go back, let's go back to the, the election thing, and we'll stay away from nominees and stuff. But it's interesting that um, 
we we listen to other people and people in our lives. Well, who are you voting for? Mm-hmm. Who are you voting for? And whether we know it or not, that does influence us. It impacts us in some way. Yeah, that's true. And am I working on my own to evaluate the situation between God and myself, educating myself as opposed to getting somebody else's? I read my devotional books and I really do enjoy them. But again, it always has to go back to the word of God because man interprets what he what he's gleaning from the word of God and he writes it down. I love Oswald Chambers. He's incredible. I mean, there's so many amazing authors out there who share daily devotionals, but always don't just take somebody else's word for it. God, I want to take your word for it. Yeah. It reminds me of reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. Don't take my word for it. And then we go and explore the book. That's yeah. Reading rainbow. So we have two more. Yep. We have two that I think are so Big in today's culture. Well, really, they're not big. It's we need these and it's gentleness and self-control. Yes. I interpreted meekness and temperance. Yeah. Uh, Just think about social media for a second. Do you (laughs) see much of that? I got one last story. Um, It happened last night. Uh, Caleb and I are doing homework. And we've got the big project on the floor and we're gluing things on last minute, Carter. And it's a late evening. We all can identify even from our own childhoods, those late evenings and doing projects. And yeah, by the way, I remember it being 1145 at night, you know, at some of my projects oh, yeah? and thinking if the teacher knew I was up this late, like surely she'd be like, no, you're good. Just no, don't do that. I don't. I think the teacher would say, welcome to my world. <laughs> That's what the teacher would say. So we're working on this project late and we gather up the supplies. And I was like, all right, Caleb, you go on to bed and I'll pick up the stuff and put it over there. And I'm no sooner out of the room. I hear this crash. I'm like, what did they do? Are my boys playing football in the house? It is bedtime. And I come out in a huff ready to do business and tell them what for and I realized, no, my children are in their rooms the way they're supposed to be. The light fixture, mm-hmm. this heavy, um, I think it's its like metal and it's thick glass light fixture that's affixed to the ceiling right over the place where we had been working on this project for an hour or so had come crashing down. It fell right where you had been? Where we were with the project. Oh, my. And I think about in that moment, I was start, I started thanking God. I called Caleb and I was like, look at what just happened. Yeah. We could have been in the proximity of this thing. One of us could have gotten hit. What if our dogs had been out? What if, what if, what if? How many times that God has protected us in his faithfulness that we're not even aware of? Mm. Yes, he's allowed things to touch my life that I would probably resist him. I was like, no, I don't want that. But God protected us in that moment. And it clued me in again as to the faithfulness of who he is, that I can depend on him and his timing. Last night was not my time for my ticket to go home. Yeah. You know, he's a faithful God. Glad you're here. Me too. Did you make any, how many people does it take to change a light bulb joke right after? I am so grateful. (laughs) I'm sorry. For the sense of humor. (laughs) You insensitive. (laughs) 